Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. If you're taking notes today, the title of today's message is The Great Gift Exchange. The Great Gift Exchange. Probably the, um, the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. We, we kind of see it everywhere. It, it's interesting because I think, I think it's one of the most famous verses in the Bible for a reason, because it kind of tells the whole story of the Bible in one verse, doesn't it? And it talks about the reason that we're all together this weekend. It talks about the reason that we have to celebrate that we call Christmas. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Christmas started with a gift that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And there's this, there's this verse in 2 Corinthians excuse me, uh, 5.1 that many theologians actually call the great exchange. And they said this one just sort of continues to explain John 3.16. It says this, God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That word righteousness uh, simply means to be in right standing with God. So, so there we see the great gift exchange. It seems to be a bit one-sided. It seems that we get the better end of the deal. But in this great gift exchange, we bring ourselves to God and we say, here's our sin and he says, here's what my son has done for you. Here's forgiveness of that sin. Here's salvation. Now you can be completely righteous or in perfect right standing with God. So we give our sin and he gives us salvation in this great exchange. And, and no matter where you're watching this from today, you may be wondering like, you know, one of my friends was like, I was telling him I was kind of getting stressed over what I was going to talk about at Christmas. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. Nobody cares what you say anyways. He goes, listen, nobody's actually going to church. They're going someplace else. They're just stopping by. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I'm going to quit worrying about this thing. <laughs> you may be just stopping by, and maybe you didn't even know why you came, and maybe somebody convinced you, or you just you know, got guilted into it, or it's Christmas, and you felt like it's the thing to do. Maybe just maybe the one thing God wanted you to know today is no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done, no matter what has happened to you, he says, I want you to know just the way you are right now. I love you so much. I gave everything I had. I gave my one and only son to pay the price for your sins. So today you could choose to put your faith in me. You could hand me your sin. I'll hand you salvation. You get my spirit living inside of you, making you able to do things you never thought you could do, get through things you never thought you could get through, overcome things you never thought you could overcome and ultimately go to heaven for all of eternity. Maybe, just maybe, you stopped by for a reason you didn't even know about today. That can be you before you leave here today if you never made that decision. The great gift exchange. I was reading the Christmas story because um, you know I have the, the privilege of trying to talk about Christmas differently than I have the last 16 years. And so... I was reading every Christmas story and going, okay, what's new? What's new? And I'm like, nothing's new. We all know it. And, um, but it did occur to me that our nativity scenes that we have at home, I don't know if you ever looked at it this way, it's actually one of the first gift exchanges around Christmas ever. 
Now, it's not exactly chronologically accurate, but I'm not going to ruin your nativity scene today. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do that next Christmas. But let's just say it is what you've got there, right? You've got God who says, I give you my son. Jesus said, I came to give you my life. And then you got these three wise men who show up and give gifts. We've got a, a gift exchange. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. My sister sent me a meme this week. I thought it was pretty funny. It said, if the wise men would have been wise women, they wouldn't have brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They would have brought a casserole, uh, some formula, and a diaper bag. (laughs) I could just picture Mary, you know, hey, thanks, thanks, Kevin, for the myrrh. We'll look forward to using that. Thank you. Anybody got a diaper? (laughs) We got, this, we got this gift exchange happening. In fact, 700 years before the very first Christmas, the prophet Isaiah talks about Jesus and his arrival in the future, and he describes it as this gigantic, like the greatest gift exchange known to mankind. And this is 700 years before Jesus shows up. Isaiah says it like this. Isaiah 61, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. I looked up the original language on that word, the poor, because I had a feeling they weren't talking about finances. And sure enough, it talks about a lot of conditions of the heart and and, and this this meekness and humbleness and lowness. And and then all of a sudden, I I saw something that really struck me. It also said that this word means to be depressed in mind or circumstance. 700 years before the very first Christmas, God says through the prophet Isaiah, I know that this feeling of sadness and depression is part of being a broken human living in a broken world. Don't you worry. I'm coming to take care of this problem. I have good news. It's on the way. It's called Jesus, and it's going to be able to take care of that. He sent me to bind up. That means to heal. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal broken hearts. That's what Jesus is going to do, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That's talking about salvation. That's the three verses we just read earlier. All throughout the Bible, we see salvation um, talked about in regards to like you step out of darkness and into the light. You once were in darkness, now you are in light. Jesus is the light of the world. It's talking about salvation. There's this great exchange. There's going to be some good news for some depression. There's going to be some healing for some broken hearts. There's going to be some salvation to take care of the of sin, right? There's this exchange coming. Verse two, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Excuse me, that was really sippy. (laughs) (laughs) To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. I love that. He's fighting for us. To comfort all who mourn. Watch these exchanges. You have mourning, you're going to get comfort. You have grievance, you're going to get provision and provide for those who grieve to bestow on them. Watch the exchange, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair. Do you see the amazing things that are that are going to be exchanged? Isaiah says, don't you worry, because a savior is coming and you're going to know he you're going to know when he shows up because it is good news like you've never seen good news before. 700 years goes by, and on the very first Christmas, what did the angels say to the shepherds? 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Here it is. I bring you, remember what Isaiah talked about? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. So 700 years before the first Christmas, Isaiah says good news is on the way. The the, the day Jesus shows up, the angel says good news is here. Then then you can read in Luke chapter 4, and I'll let you read this one on your own. Jesus goes into a church service, opens up that passage in Isaiah that talks about all those exchanges that we just read, and he reads it, and then he closes it, and he hands it back, and he goes, hey, I don't want there to be any mistakes being made. I don't want you to get this twisted. That is me. I am here. I see you. I know what you've been through. I know what you're going through. I know what you need. I see you. I'm here. I got you. That's what he said. Good news. Good news. Good news. Would you guys put that, put that slide up? I asked the team to make this slide. Uh, you can take a screenshot, whether you're on a device or in a building. This is the tip of the iceberg to what we get because of Jesus. But this is some of the things that we just read in that passage in Isaiah. And I want you to see the transition that he wants to take place here, the exchange that he wants to take place. He says, for depression, I have good news. As I'm going through these, can, can, you, can you ask yourself, do I need any of this today? Do I need any of this today? And, and because what I know is, is what we often see on the far side of the screen there is some of the things we start to feel, especially around the holidays. Now, Christmas is not the cause of these things. Christmas is the cure for these things. But the way we celebrate Christmas, and we all know the deal, what happens is it starts to jog, jog memories, right? Jar memories. And, and is it jog memories, Andrew, or jar memories? It's going to memories. And um, you're going to get those things going. And, and what you do is, right, you know the deal. You go, man, the person that I wish was here for this, who's usually here for this, now isn't here for this. And, and sometimes the holidays, they start to be these constant reminders of this is who's not with us anymore. This is who's just not with me anymore. This is what I'm not. This is what I don't have. This is, I can't believe this is the news that my family's dealing with right now. I can't believe this is where my finances are. I can't believe this is where I'm at in life. Like, We start to think about those things around the holidays, don't we? Which is why I wanted to make sure, I want you to find yourself in that description. Would you put that back up? There you go. For depression, I have good news. You have a broken heart? Jesus says, I brought healing. You feel like you're captive, something's got you. You can't get rid of something? I bring you freedom. You have a problem with sin? I bring you salvation. Have you felt yourself in a season of mourning? That's okay. I got comfort for you. Have you been grieving over something? I've got miraculous straight from heaven provision for you. You feel like things have been destroyed in your life, like you got so much regret and so much has just been taken and so much has just been ruined and it just feels like it's, 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 it's burnt, it's ashes. Well, that's okay. Bring it to me if that's all you got because I got beauty. You have sadness. I have joy. You have a spirit of despair. I'm bringing you a garment of praise. I'm going to bring you something to stand up and go like this for, no matter what your circumstances look like. I got good news for you. So we got this amazing gift. We see this crazy exchange that's being offered. And and I I, I can't, it's just 
something in me. I can't talk about things that sound really good in theory if I don't get the chance to talk a little bit about what it means practically. Because here's what I know. There's a couple things, at least for me, that have kept the things I just said from being words and theories to actually part of me and my experience. One of them is, and, and, I, and I don't know how you might phrase it, but have you ever felt like I've heard that the gift is there? I just don't know how to actually open it. <laughs> I mean, apparently, because I've heard if you grew up in church, man, you've heard stuff like this more times than you can count. You've heard about the joy and the peace and the comfort and the oil of joy and the beauty for ashes and the garment of praise. And you're like, but I, I must not know how to access it because all I ever do is hear about it. I don't actually experience it. How do you open this thing? It's like toys nowadays from Target. You can't open those things without an injury. You know what I'm talking? You need like bolt cutters and a protective eyewear and like what do they do? It's like plastic's the new Teflon or something. Like you just you can't get into the, how do you open this stuff? We feel like that with, with some of these principles and promises from God, I think, at times, especially when, and let me just tell you, because I've been in your seat, when you, when you come to a church service and maybe this is not your thing and maybe you're just kind of checking it out or you came with family or it's a stop and you hear something like that and go, man, I could use that for sure. No clue how to actually make that part of my life, Right? I don't want you to walk away with that feeling. And I think God knows that the truth is we tend to overcomplicate this stuff. A little quieter on that one. <laughs> we tend to overcomplicate this stuff. And, and, and so what, what we see all throughout the Bible is God talking about everything we just talked about. And he talks about it being experienced in his presence all throughout scripture. That's what we see. And, and so, so I, think, I think what we do is we complicate it and we go, you know, like, like I need like, I must need like a, I need like a decoder ring or, or like a theology degree or a, somebody that works at a church to come interpret this or help me. He says, no, you don't. No, you don't. I promise you. You're my son. You're my daughter. And stepping into my presence is the easiest thing you'll ever do. All you got to do is try. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and the door will be opened. He, see what he's saying there? Give, give, give me one of these. Shoot me a word. Give me a look. Give me a wave. Stomp a foot. Raise a hand. Take a step. Anything you want, son. Anything you want, daughter. I created communication. I'm everywhere at the same time. I've never left you. You give me the slightest, the slightest sign that you want my involvement in your life, and you won't be able to stop me from getting involved in your life. Ask, knock, wave, stomp, look, anything. A couple years ago, we were at my son's football game, and Ashton, he's about this high, got hurt, and, and we, we were watching the game at, at this high school stadium, and so we were up in the bleachers, and there's this barricade, and there's all these signs that are like, parents are not permitted past this point. Also, Well, Ashton's hurt on the field, and the coaches are gathered around him, and I'm standing up going like this, and I kid you not, my son, he's, he's, I think he was holding his arm, or I don't remember what exactly it was. I just remember he went like this. He just went, he just looked at me. And I ran down those bleachers, ran past the barricades. Parents do not, uh, parents not allowed here. Signs don't apply to me today. My son just said he needs me. I'm going to be down on that field in a heartbeat. <laughs> Ask, knock, wave, stomp. <laughs> Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach. Notice God doesn't even, he doesn't even tell us how. He says, you do anything. Just approach me. 
Just let me know you want my involvement. Approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See the gift exchange. Again, it feels one-sided, doesn't it? Feels like God's getting the short end of the stick on this one, doesn't it? I bring my need. He gives me grace and mercy. You ever been in a gift exchange and you realize like, I got the short end of the stick on this one. I brought an iPad, iPod, you gave me an oven mitt. You ever been in a gift exchange where you know you're on the right side and then you feel worse? You ever had that? Like you get a new girlfriend and you give her an inappropriate card because you thought it was funny and she emptied her savings account and got you a bracelet and you're like, I didn't know we were bracelet level yet. Okay. Our very first Christmas as a married couple, it's either our first or second. You can correct me later. Don't do it now. Um, sometimes she'll do this while I'm, just let me get through it. I think it was our first Christmas ever. We got married in December, and so we'd been married a couple weeks, and uh, we're going to protect the innocent. We're going to call this couple Brian and Kelly. <laughs> Brian calls me one night, and he goes, hey, what you doing? I'm like, I'm just hanging. He goes, oh, are you at home? Yeah, I'm home. He goes, man, because I got to tell you, we are so excited. We got you such a sweet Christmas present. And I was like, that's awesome. All, that's all I had to do. Stop right there. But no, I went, well, us too. We got you a sweet Christmas present, and we're super excited to give it to you. I didn't know we were exchange gifts level friends. I just, I knew we were... And, and, then, and then I went, okay, and so I gotta, I gotta, now I got to go buy this guy a gift, right? So I'm like, hey, you know what, Brian? You know what we got to do? We got to get together next week and exchange those gifts. You know what I mean? And he goes, oh, don't worry. We're almost to your house. <laughs> what? Okay, see you soon. Jill! Jill, we got a problem. Brian and Kelly got us a Christmas present. She goes, well, that's so nice. I go, no, 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 no. This is not good, babe. She goes, why not? I said, well, because I told him we got them one. She goes, well, what'd you do that for, honey? All you had to do is say thank you. I go, I know. I'm aware. I know. I know. I'm a liar. She said, yeah, you lied. I go, I know. I go, we got to do something. We did the only thing we could think of. And in fact, I told you I was going to tell this story. And she goes, babe, don't tell that story. We're going to look so bad. And I'm thinking, I already do. Welcome to the party. <laughs> the water's deep over here. So we go down to the basement, and we have a whole bunch of wedding presents that we didn't use that kind of sucked. And, you know, some people pay attention to the registry. Some people mail it in. You know what I mean? And so we go down there, and it's, this has got to happen quick. I grab the first thing I see. It's this. I call it a, the claw. It, it was a candle holder that sort of round on the bottom, and it was hard to balance, and had five round, unscented, thanks for that, candles. I mean, it just, I called it the claw. It looked like, and I, it's what I grabbed. And I go, babe, rap, rap, rap like the wind. Let's go. We got to go. They're on their way. We did. We wrapped up the claw. Brian and Kelly come over. 
We sit on the couch. They give us this gift, and they are so excited to give us their gift. And I'm opening it going, oh my gosh, please don't be good. Please don't be good. Please don't be good. So we are not only their pastors, but we also run a small group, and they are in our small group, and me and Jill introduced them to each other in our small group, and there's still a couple at this point, and all lovey-dovey, and we're just, we open up custom-made sweatshirts with our small group name on them. It's the first piece of church swag I ever got. I've been in love with it ever since. It was so heartfelt. They didn't have a lot of money. This took time and energy and effort and planning and the whole thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hate me right now. I hate me. And I was like, well, guys, you know, we, um, we were at the mall the other day and thinking about you. <laughs> and Jill's like, and they're opening it up. And I'm just like, oh, please work, please work, please work. And they, they open it up. And they look at the claw, and then they, they look at each other, and they look at the claw, and then they look at me, and, and Brian goes, bro, we gave you that for your wedding. That's a true story. That's the worst gift exchange ever. You don't recover from that. There's no recovery. You can't make that stuff up. That's good. I've been waiting for that one for years to share. God says, I got this crazy, crazy gift exchange for you, and it's real lopsided, but it's real lopsided in your favor. And I want to do, I want to, I want to exchange all these things that you're dealing with for all these things that I have to offer you. And, and we go, how do I get it? How do I get it? How do I get it? Matthew eleven twenty eight. just come to me. Just come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See the exchange. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul talks about dealing with anxiety, and he says, the way I go to God is sometimes I worship, and sometimes I beg God, and it's called petition prayer. Sometimes I just thank God, but I just come to God in whatever way I'm feeling, and what I receive from God is the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that goes way past my circumstance, way past the doctor's report, way past a bank account way past relationship stuff, way past family stuff. Like it's a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that doesn't even make sense in your life. He says, just come to me. And I think it looks different for all of us because a bunch of us go, man, I want that. I don't even know where to start. When I was 24, I sat in a church service just like this. I was just stopping by. It wasn't where I was heading. It wasn't where I was planning. A friend brought me. And somebody told me what Jesus had done for me, and I felt the presence of God just kind of tapping on my heart, and I didn't know how to respond to God. I raised a hand. I went like this. That's all God needed. My life has never been the same. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know a magic prayer. I didn't know any Bible verses. I just went, I'll take it. If you'll take me, I'll take it. A couple years ago, I was in an inpatient anti-anxiety counseling facility place and I was having some real hard nights and I would lay on the ground and I'd feel so weak. Sometimes I'd just say, Jesus, Jesus. Sometimes I didn't even feel like I had the strength or the faith to say that. I just put on a song. And when I didn't even have the ability to believe the words of the song, I would just call my friend Scott Brugman and I could just go pray for me. 
But God knew that's my son trying to come to me right now. There's no right way. There's no wrong way to come to God. You're never too far gone. You're never too broken. You don't need the, the right words or the right posture or the right. You don't, you don't have to wear anything specific. You don't have to have church in your history. You don't have to be from a certain family. You don't have to be mistake free. You don't have to be habit free. He says, come to me in your time of need and you get my grace and my mercy. That's the exchange and it'll change your life. The one thing I think that's kept me from coming to God more than anything else throughout my whole life has been this sense of, but what I have to offer isn't enough. I think, I think we know what that feels like, don't we? Because if I'm supposed to bring in my life, I mean, just look at my life. What I have to bring isn't enough. Yeah, but he'll take you just the way you are. Yeah, but trust me, he doesn't want this. That's how we feel, isn't it? I brought some gifts up here to show you this last point, because sometimes I like to see things, not just talk about them. Get this trash out of me. It won't stay. <laughs> many, many years ago, my son Ashton gave me this. Don't ooh and ah, it's not impressive. <laughs> um, my thing is, I'm, I love giving gifts. And so when it's Christmas time, I, I go all in. Like, if we're, I mean, and, and one of the things I love, because I just love shoes, is I'm always trying to give my kids a pair, I always give them a pair of shoes at Christmas. Now, I'm telling you, some years it's been hand-me-down shoes from somewhere else. Some years I've went to thrift stores. Sometimes I've, I've, I've felt like we're doing better in life, and I'm all up in Foot Locker going, what's the newest Jordan out? And even if I don't feel like we're doing all that good in life, I got a credit card, so let's roll. <laughs> like, I'm giving, every, I'm giving my best. And my son Ashton gave me this. I think it's made out of a paper plate. And I think the accompanying gift had like dry macaroni noodles on it. This one has old buttons and some um, broken puzzle pieces. And um, I don't think we could get rid of it at a garage sale, just to be honest with you. Probably not. Maybe it's it might. This one is from Austin. This is a snowman, definitely made out of a paper plate. And that's how well it works. It's never worked better than that right there. Um, and this arm hinges in a way that no arm should. Um, but that's, that's what Austin brought me. And um, Ethan, Ethan gave me this about 10 years ago. I'm going to need some camera work to come in on this. I don't know how close you can get to this. Give me, give me some camera. Give me, give me something. Somebody zoom. Work. Okay, this way. Well, you can't see it as well as I'd like for you to be able to see it, but I showed this to Ronnie this week, and he goes, is that a one-eyed frog? I said, no, Ronnie, this is a turtle that my son Ethan got me for Christmas. Um, this eye is very, very large compared to the other one, and the shell goes all the way to the ground, and the legs and tail magically come out of the shell, and none of them touch the ground, um, and it's got a bell. It's got a bell. So you tell me what I'm going to do with a deformed turtle with a bell. You see, you see what I'm saying? Thank you for that, Ethan. That's good stuff. 
Austin with this one, because uh, I actually thought he did the best, although it doesn't stand. Um, but this gift also came with a coffee mug that said, best grandpa. So, yeah. And I gave them shoes. And you want to know who won in that exchange? None of them have the shoes I gave them the years they gave me those. We still have those. And it doesn't matter how deformed the turtle is. It doesn't matter if the Santa or the snowman stands up. And it doesn't matter what the wreath is made out of. And I probably couldn't sell any of them at a garage sale. But see, they remind me of my boys. And that's what I want. I feel like I'm living a dream right now because right now, nobody knows what's going to happen a year from now in any of our lives. But this year, I get to do Christmas with my three boys. All three of them have sinned this year. They all three have made mistakes. They have all three have regrets. Not one of them is perfect. Do you know I could care less about any of that? The gift I get is them. The gift I got when they brought me these was them. I didn't care if the gift stood up or not. I didn't care if it was broken or not. I didn't care if it was deformed or not. I didn't care if the rest of the world thought it was useful or worth anything or not. It meant everything on this planet to me because it represented my boys. That's what I wanted. It really is a gift exchange because he said, I'm your heavenly father. And no matter how broken you might feel, how worthless the rest of the world thinks you might be, how worthless you may feel, how many mistakes you may have made. He says, you're, you're the gift. You're my son. You're my daughter. I win in this exchange. I get to do life with you, and then I get to give you everything I got. It's the greatest gift exchange in the world. And Jesus said, if you haven't gotten it yet, he said, let me give you a mental picture. It's like a boy who ruins almost everything his father's worked his whole life for, squanders it, wastes it, makes all the mistakes in the world, ends up living in a distant country, feeding pigs, sleeping with pigs, smelling like pig food and pig crap, and he's dirty and filthy and homeless. And this boy who's done nothing but screw things up comes running, or he comes, I'm sorry, walking back up the driveway to come home. And the dad goes, oh, you wanna come home? I don't care what condition you're in. You're the gift. And he runs out to him and he picks him up and he hugs him and he kisses him and he says, my son, and remember the gift exchange? Get the ring, get the robe, get the sandals, get the steak. We're having a party. There's a gift exchange happening here. I get my son's life. He gets everything I have. And then the father says, and I'm the winner out of this thing. That's what your dad wants for you this Christmas, is to be reminded that the only reason we're celebrating Christmas is because God said, I want to do this unbelievable exchange with you. And if you'll bring me your life, no matter what condition it's in, I'll give you everything I have. You get my peace. You get my joy. You get my strength. You get my confidence. You get my spirit living inside of you. You get forgiveness. You get 
to be renewed and redeemed and restored and you get heaven forever. And I can't wait, son. I can't wait, daughter. Make one, mo make one motion and let me know you want to come home. Make one motion and let me know you want to come to me. And you got me in full force. Amen. Would you stand up at every single location? Let's pray. God, I thank you that your presence is with us in our buildings, online, in gyms and bikes and cars and hikes and runs and treadmills and everything else. That right now, we are one body meeting together, celebrating the amazing gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and everything that you offer us with that gift. With everyone's eyes closed, I want to ask two questions. I want to give you a chance to respond. What an amazing time to respond to the gift of Jesus over Christmas weekend. I want to give you two opportunities to respond. The first is you already have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you have for years. But today, as we looked at the things on that LED wall that might need to be exchanged, you went, I think I found myself up there somewhere. I think I'm one of those people who right now needs some strength, needs some courage, needs some peace, needs some joy, needs some guidance. And you just say, you say, God, I need you today. If that's you, raise your hand. We're just going to believe for some miracles to take place today. Come on. Heck yes. Second question is this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you had no idea what you were getting into coming to church today or watching from wherever you're at right now. But here's what you know just happened. The creator of the universe has got your attention. You can feel it. You just know it. You're like, I know it in my heart. God is trying to get my attention right this second. I can feel and that's, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you into a relationship with your creator. And today you go, I want to start that. I want to make this exchange. I want to say, God, you can have my life. I don't know what this is going to look like. I'm not going to be perfect, but to the best of my ability, I want to put my life in your hands. I want forgiveness of my sins. I want heaven forever. And I can just feel it. Today's my day for that decision. If that's you right now, raise your hand. Raise them up at every single location. I'm going to say a prayer for you. Praise God. Praise God for hands going up literally around the world. Praise God for the eternities that are being changed right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you for Christmas. I thank you for your son. I first pray for everyone who raised their hand first and said, I just need to meet with you today, God. We want to, in our hearts, say, God, I'm coming to you today. I make a, mov a movement, I say a word, I raise a hand, I give a look, and we say, God, we need you today. We need your strength. There's some, there's, there's some right now who need your supernatural strength, some who need supernatural provision, some who need healing for a broken heart right now, some who need peace where peace doesn't make sense right now. God, I pray for a garment of praise to to take the place of a spirit of despair right now in people's hearts in Jesus name. And God, I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed literally around the world right now as people are stepping out of darkness and into light. And as we begin to worship you, I pray we would sense your spirit in a very real and authentic way. And we thank you for that, God, in Jesus name. And everybody at every location said, let's worship. <laughs>